6 tonight. It's a passage that we touched on um, in one of the recent messages. We're doing a series on the family, but I'm going to uh, just spend uh, more detailed time in that uh, this evening. And uh, Brother Randy, where were, you, where were you speaking this morning? You in Stratton, okay. How'd that go? Good, good, good. All right. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. We know that uh, God was looking to have a people that would be separated unto him and give glory to his name. And his people were inevitably surrounded by other people that were very idolatrous, that did not have uh, Godward orientation or recognition, they had no interest in bringing up their young people for the Lord. In fact, uh, many times they offered them to idols and, and, and consecrated them to, um, to wicked things. And, and so God took very seriously his, uh, his encouragement and his equipping of his people, his motivating and exhorting his people to look to the generations with that vision of keeping that, um, peop- that, that, that uh, separation unto himself uh, from generation to generation. That was, that was the vision that God gave. And, and, he, and, and he didn't only, only give that encouragement, he gave them the truth to go along with that. He gave them, you know, really to a large degree, um, the formula. And uh, this, uh, this, this passage here, Deuteronomy chapter 6, is just is referring to that. It's just referring to the fact that they know God. They, they should be, as they know God, they should by virtue of knowing him, should be interested in loving him. And if they love him, uh, then they should be interested in promoting um, what glorifies him and those that they have uh, influence over to, to pass that glory on uh, to them, and uh, especially uh, those that they're able to uh, have dedicated time to, as we say, bring up and, uh, and, and to... Um, have in the home and to, to have ample time to pass on those values. And, you know, young people, they know what we value. They know what we value. And, and so, um, you know, ultimately we understand that, that young people, they get to a time where they're going to make their own choices. Uh, what's in their heart, you know, is ultimately it's going to be, it's going to be manifested what's in their heart. And uh, in that time, you know, that time will come. That time will come. Uh, but a lot of what is done up to that point, you know, will contribute greatly as to what's going to happen um, at that time. And, uh, and so uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, we're in here. And if you look at verse 1, it says, Now these things are the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land whether you go to possess it. And so God's saying there's some land here for you, and I want you to possess that land. I want you to occupy that. Um, 
I want you to have a vision for what that land is supposed to be about. And I want you to be thinking about some things as you possess that land. And I believe that God gives each one of us stewardship. As you want to, if you want to look at it, it's sort of like the land, the land that you're to work. And, uh, and, and so, um, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God. You know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, and uh, uh, to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I commanded thee, that and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and the day, that thy days may be prolonged. I was reading in uh, the book of Genesis this week with um, Lot's relationship to, to Abraham. And, uh, you know, Abraham was really good to his nephew. And, and he, he built altars to God before his nephew. It says, uh, you know, that Lot did that along with him. Um, but there came a time where Lot was separated from Abram. Right? And what did, Abram do? Uh, what did Lot do at that point? He pitched his, his tent towards Sodom. Why? Because evidently, that's where his heart really was. His heart was to, you know, to, um, to look to those, those, the, the, that lush, fruitful plain um, and, and to get into that plain, you know, to be prosperous financially and to, to continue with that. Um, but, and, and, and Abram was prosperous financially as well. But he, he directed his family, you know, towards, towards, uh, continuously towards those values that pointed to glorifying God to those things. But tragically, what did Lot do? He pitched his tent towards Sodom, right? Then he ended up moving into Sodom, okay? And then he, he, he lost his family uh, because of that. Um, and, and so what happened with Lot? Well, that time of him now being separate from Abram, he went along with it as long as he was with Abram. But when he was separate from him, the passage very clearly says that's when he, you know, what was really in his heart showed. And, you know, sometimes the, sometimes the compliant child is the one that may be in the most peril if we don't really find out what's really in the heart. You know, it's like, it's like the kid that, I mean, you know, it's just kind of outwardly obstinate and they, you know, they kind of challenge things. You can see what's going on there. It just it easily comes to the surface, and you can deal with it, right? But um, then there's the, the compliant, or sometimes, the, you know, the more sneaky, if I use that term, um, young person where they disguise what's in their heart. They just kind of just go, go along with things. Uh, that's why it's so important, the things we're going to talk about here in Deuteronomy chapter 6, that uh, have to do with really having that type of relationship with the, with our children, with those that we're seeking a disciple, so that we can get to what's really in the heart. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and, and that can be dealt with by God's grace. So let's pray. Lord, I pray now that you'd help us as we look at this passage. Lord, just open it up to us. Lord, teach us, Lord, and help us to take it uh, uh, to heart. And that we might uh, help others if we don't have um, children that we're discipling right now. Uh, Lord, we can pass these truths on. That we can pray for the families in our church. And that we can always uh, apply these to other relationships that we have as well, and maybe um, discipleship relationships in, in, other, uh, um, in other realms. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us now in Jesus' name. Amen. 
And so it says uh, here, verse 3, Hear, therefore, O Israel. So God, Israel want, God wants Israel, God wants his people here to, be, to take this seriously. To take this seriously. He says, look, I, would, would, you, would you hear what I have to say here? Because this has a lot of importance. And you need to take this seriously. And along with taking it seriously, he wants them to take responsibility. He wants them to take responsibility. And just like um, in, in these days, you know, God's people were, were pressured by the, the, the nations around them, by the peoples around them, and, uh, and there was a lot of uh, potential pitfalls um, surrounding them and distractions and things that wouldn't be glorifying to God. It's the same for us today. It's the same for us today. And, you know, our young people, they, they just face a tremendous amount of, of uh, uh, pressure and, and, and temptations and things that are of the idolatrous agenda um, and that aren't going aren't to shepherd their hearts towards the Lord. Uh, um, that's for sure. And so taking this seriously and then taking responsibility the Bible says that as parents, we are to be the ones that bring our children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Um, now, some of that, th that just means that's our primary responsibility. Now, I've been very thankful over the years that we've had other voices in our kids' lives, you know, to, to, to help with that. Um, to, as it were, back us up on that or to, to represent the Lord uh, to them as well. Uh, but it was never anyone else's primary responsibility because God didn't put my children in their home. He put them in my home, right? And, uh, and so uh, it was my job ultimately to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's my job to, to disciple them. And, and so to take that seriously and to take responsibility, to take responsibility um, for that, I encourage you, as parents, if, if you're here tonight, if you're listening to this in some other place, if you have children that you are still, as, as they call it, bringing them up, um, to, to take that seriously and to take responsibility uh, for that. So it says here, therefore, uh, verse 3, Observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, that it may increase mightily, as the Lord God of, the, of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. So there's a heritage coming through your fathers to you now, and it has to do with God's blessing. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And so if you are thinking about who God is, he's Jehovah, um, Elohim, he's powerful, he's personal, and he, he, uh, he cares about you and he has a plan for you. If that's true, it says in verse 5, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, with all thy might. And so, you know, young people, they are looking to see if there's something worth pursuing themselves. And they're looking to see, you know, if it's real to you. Are you truly pursuing that? And, um, you know, I love, I love the testimony that I heard of, of someone this week, and uh, you know, I'm not sure how it was communicated, who it was communicated to at, the, at this point, but I just remember hearing that somebody was giving testimony that my, my life is about Jesus. And 
that doesn't that doesn't is not is not limited just to 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 a church service, right? That's where I might learn more about Jesus, and I'm encouraged uh, in my relationship with Jesus. But every day, every day, why? Because I love Him. I, I, lo- I love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my might. And does that mean that that I'm perfectly, um, you know, pursuing and living for, for, for Him? Well, you'd certainly be growing in that. You'd be growing that. That's your pursuit and that's your passion. And so, you know, young people, they know, they know what we're truly pursuing. They know that. And we can't just give, you know, myself first and, and any of us, we can't just give lip service to that. Um, you know, God is saying, look, let that, let, what does the Bible say? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your light so shine. Let, let this be obvious. Let this be evident. Don't, don't, it, let, let, it, let it be of a, 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 a character that it shines in such a way that others see it and they say, wow, that person's serious about their relationship with God. And, uh, and you know, that leads them to, to think of glorifying God themselves as well. And, you know, that goes with anything that we have responsibility over. Um, you know, I want our church in every capacity to be glorifying to the Lord. Like, if we're going to be involved in a ministry, if we're going to have, you know, like I went over the, to, to the booth over the fair, you know, the, those that, that, that ran that, they put their heart into it. They put work into that. They made it presentable. They made it, they made it nice. They made it glorifying to God. You know, if we have a vacation Bible school, you know, I want that to be, I want us to have, we're not competing with anybody, but I want to, you know, our goal is to have the best program around, right? I want to glorify God with that. Um, not just so people come in and say, wow, you know, that place, that place is, uh, is really great. That, that place is sharp. That's not an end to itself. It's so we give glory to God. We put our heart into this because Jesus is worthy, right? So, you know, we're bringing up our, our children for the Lord and be able to say, wow, man, you have really, you know, you have, uh, if they were to say this, you have sharp kids there. Well, thank the Lord. We're trying to, Obey his word, right? And implement truth from his word and, and see how God works in these hearts and in these lives so that it can bring glory to the Lord. It's not just so they can say, wow, you got really good kids. Now that's not, I mean, so what? <laughs> right? There's people that have, you know, very successful kids doing all kinds of things. We want to have young people that, that grow up loving God and want to bring glory to God. So wherever around, you know, people walk into this building, you know, um, they want to see that we're serious in our commitment to the Lord and we're doing our very best, you know, to, to do things right, to, to, to do things in a way that, that will be honoring to him, that we care, um, you know, that we care just as much about our families, about our home, you know, we care about our church, we care about every aspect of it, we invest in it, we give towards it, we work on it. And, um, you know, all those things, you know, they speak to people. They speak to people. And so um, it says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Now, the book of Ephesians says we, we don't have much problem loving ourselves that way. It's very natural for somebody to love themselves with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their might. Now, we need to value our, you know, obviously, God's given us life. He's made us in, in his image. You know, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Um, but on the other hand, you know, uh, we need to love God and let his love then characterize who we are and what we're about. And that's what the, what the challenge is here. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine, what's it say? In thine heart. In thy heart. Guard your heart with all diligence, because out of it are the issues of life. So young people, you know, guard your heart with all diligence. And one day, what's in your heart will be manifested. It will be manifested. Uh, the son whose inheritance was due. He'd probably been a real, you know, he'd been a model citizen up to that point. Why? He wanted to get that money and go live life the way he wanted to live it, Right? I want to blow that. I want to keep in good terms with dad. Okay? When the time comes, I want to get what's mine, and then I want to go out and live riotously. Right? Um, that was, why? Because that was in his heart. Now, God worked, and his heart changed, didn't it? His heart, he kind of had, the Bible said he had to come to the end of himself. <laughs> right? He loved himself a lot. <laughs> he had to come to the end of himself, and he had to come back to the Father, who was there with, with open arms. Um, and uh, so be in thy heart. And here it is. Um, so, so we take it seriously and we take responsibility and we teach. We teach. Look at verse 7. And thou shalt teach them. What's the next word? Diligently. In other words, anything that amounts to anything, it takes hard work. And a lot of times we want the results without putting the work in. Right? Um, wow, you know, uh, how, do, how do we raise young people to, to love the Lord? Well, this is what the Bible says about it. Oh, I don't know, maybe I'll just cut some corners on that. You know, but it, takes, it, takes, it, it takes hard work to teach. It does. And uh, you ever heard the expression, more is caught than taught? I don't know, you know, I don't know what the, per what, the, what the percentage of that, really how it pans out, uh, if we can know exactly. I don't know if you can say exactly that more is caught than taught, but I can say this, that that's part of teaching. In other words, our example is a big part of the teaching, right? Um, Thou shalt teach them diligently by modeling that you love God, by modeling that you take your commitment to the Lord seriously, then modeling that there's nothing more important to you than living for the Lord. Uh, things aren't more important than that, you know, um, uh, and, and anything else you might fill in the blank with. And so thou shalt teach that uh, diligently to thy children. And so teaching is just, it's the idea of transferring what's in your heart to somebody else in a way that impacts their heart. That's what teaching is. Teaching is persuading Somebody else, giving them information, giving them illustration, um, diligently pursuing the transfer of heart's values to another. And that's why the best teachers, you know, I mean, it's heartfelt to them. I, I, I've had some teachers, the extent of their teaching was this. They got the same textbook I had, probably looked at it the same amount I did, which is not a whole lot, because I wasn't inspired to do so. And they walked in and they read the chapter for the day, said, you know, underline things you think are important, I'm going to give you a quiz next week on it. You know, that's, 
That's just like knowledge, you know, that it, it, barely. <laughs> and that's not what te biblical teaching is. Biblical teaching isn't just giving a whole bunch of head knowledge. Um, biblical teaching is pursuing the heart, being, being heartfelt, being passionate about something that, 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 is, that is important to us or we're willing to take responsibility for. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt, what's it say next there? We're in verse 7. Now, that, the verse isn't on the ceiling tile, all right? Um, so if you're going to see the verse, you've got to look down at the Bible. I don't know. I'm just looking out there a little bit. I did count those a few times when I was a kid, though. Try to count all the ones, that, all the tiles up there, multiplied them, and can't remember how many there are. But <laughs> so, all right, I'll do a little better. Try to keep attention here. Um, thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt... Talk, <laughs> shall talk. All right, so that's the next point, talk. And uh, you say, well, you know, I mean, I've been around people that talk a lot, and that's kind of a drag. But if, if someone has, is, if it's heartfelt to them, there's, God made us to be communicators, all right? And part of teaching is communicating. It's talking. And, uh, and, and so it's being purposeful. It says, thou shalt talk of them. What? These things about God. The God we love. That which pertains to, to living for him. We're going to talk about those things. It's going to be a subject matter that we're interested in. And, uh, and we're going to talk uh, to our children about those things that are important about life. Look, someone's going to talk to your kids. I 100% guarantee you that. Someone is going to talk to your kids. So what you want to do is you want to say, I want to be the one, because God entrusted me with teaching them, I want to be the one that gets to these important subject matters before someone else that you know, has no clue what God says about it addresses that. right? Because they're going to hear different takes <laughs> from, from others. And uh, you want God's take, right? Um, and so you want to you talk of these things. You want to talk of them. And it says when? It says when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. So what does that mean you're doing? You're, there, that's time spent with them. You're spending time with them. You're spending time with them. Uh, you know, we live in a culture where a lot of times, you know, kids are just farmed out. This place to another place to another place. They're always the kids just getting farmed out all the time. Not that there's not good programs kids can be involved in and, and for, for certain benefits. But if our, all we are as parents is, is taxi cab drivers. Is there taxi cabs anymore? Uber drivers? <laughs> is that the thing now? If all we are is, is Uber drivers to the next place, you know, that they're going to do whatever they do in, um, you know, then are we really spending the time that it's going to take to show that we take seriously that we're the ones that are teaching them? You've got to spend time with them. Those that you're interested in making an impact, it takes time. It takes time. And you have to be purposeful uh, to do that. I, I'm, I'm coming you know, more and more realistic. Not that I, we still can't. Uh, one of my sons came the other day and, and uh, said, hey, we need to. We're all like scattered all over the place these days. Let's, let's purpose a certain day of the week that we just get together and just spend time together doing whatever. And I thought, that's good because I, I, I'm probably the one that should be doing initiative on that because I'm finding, I'm finding, you know, more and more, it's hard to corral everybody. 
I mean, the days that I had of having them, you know, at my, sort of my disposal in this regard, um, whether I did it right or not, those days are pretty much gone. Now, I can still spend time with them, but, you know, they're, they're more, most of them are adults now. Uh, you know, Titus is my little fella, and he's 17 and like 6'4". So, um, not the height makes, but anyways. So, look, the time that you have, when, they're, when, they, when you have that recourse, when you have that recourse, you've got to spend time. You've got to spend time. And I know, I know you're working to provide, and, and you have to do that. But, but the, when the Bible says he that doesn't, you know, doesn't provide for, for his household is worth, worse than an infidel, I don't think it's just talking about money. That's one aspect of it, right? If, he doesn't, if we don't provide for our own, um, we, you know, that's important. And God, God, God gave us a responsibility to provide physical things. But are we saying that physical things are more important than spiritual things? You know, the Bible says there's no comparison, right? We lay up treasures in heaven. What is one of the biggest treasures we're going to lay up in heaven? Somebody we discipled. And what's our first line of discipleship? Those that God put the closest to us. Um, and, and so it says there, when thou sittest in thy house. So it's all along the way. It's time spent. It's time spent. And it's not always convenient to do that. Although sometimes, you know, it could be that our kids are getting what's left over, but make them the best leftovers they've ever had. Leftovers aren't necessarily bad, right? But those things, they've got to be warmed up, and they've got to, you got to, you know, maybe put a little more seasoning in it. You've got to get that thing going again, right, and make it presentable, okay? And so if all they get is the type of leftovers, it's like, a, you know, a cold piece of meatloaf that's plopped on the plate, if that's what you are at the end of, you know, the time that you devote to everybody else in the world, that I guess is so important, right? And that's not going to make a whole lot of impact except, ooh, okay? But if you're saying, man, you know, hey, look, dad works hard to provide, put a lot of hours in, but, man, we got some time here, you know, on an evening, a summer evening. Um, let's go do something together. doesn't have to be anything intricate, you know? Um, we don't have to go to Six Flags every time, okay? You can just go to, to get an ice cream. You know, go watch a Clinton Baptist softball game. I don't know. Do something with the family. Just spend time. Just spend time. And as you spend time, it's amazing what comes up and what you see. And what you can say, hmm, you see that? That's interesting. What do you think about that? You know, um, somebody said that. Well, let's discuss that. You know, what, what, what about that? What does God have to say about that? And what does God think about that? And it's just time spent. Um, when you spend time with people, those, those type of opportunities arise. And the time goes really fast. And I know you don't want to hear from me because I sound like an old man now, but it is true. <laughs> Life is but a vapor. It goes really fast. You know, and I, I heard it, if I heard it once, I heard it 10,000 times. You know, um, your, your kids, they grow up, take advantage now because they grow up really fast. And I'm like, I know, I know, you know, but yeah. All of a sudden, you were right. <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, um, and, and so that time is, you know, the time is now if, if you have that opportunity. So um, teaching, talking, time spent. And then to me, the whole rest of the, I gave it a T word because, you know, I'm trying to alliterate here. But the rest of the chapter really is about ways in which you can continuously do that along the way. And it's like giving 
perpetual testimony. Perpetual testimony um, in all kinds of different ways. And if you study the rest of the chapter, we'll read through and just point a few things out uh, here. Um, it says, Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and that they shall be as frontlets upon thine eyes. Now, we don't, you know, you can study what that was. It's different things in, in uh, um, you know, the, the Jewish uh, tradition. Uh, but the point was this, to have visible things along the way that point to the Lord, right? I mean, like in the sphere of that, it may be just in your house, you know, you have, you have verses on, on the wall, or you just have, you have things that are visible representation of the fact that you believe in God, and this home, we're serving the Lord, and, and uh, um, I, I love that, the, uh, was it the Waterville paper that, that had the front page with the, with the uh, and so, um, uh, you know, they had, the, 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 the most visible, I think it was Galeana, was she had got one of the, the, the shirts she had from youth group, said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, right, from, from Romans. And she was turning, just, God set her up, you know. God set her up, so she was turning in such a way that it was like a little billboard right on the front page there. You know, not ashamed of the gospel. It was great. Um, and uh, it was just like witness wear, right? This is what we believe, and we're not ashamed to, we, you know, people have T-shirts that say all kinds of ridiculous things on them, right? And, uh, um, you know, to have something that, that points people to, to some truth in the Lord, that's, that's, that's good. And so... Uh, Thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house, upon thy gates. It shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, wells digged which thou dig not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not. When thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware lest I forget the Lord. And so in other words, it's saying this. Be careful to point to the Lord is the provider of what we have. You say, no, because I worked and built this. Well, who gave you the mind and the body and the capacity to do that? Right? That can change really quickly. It can change in one game at camp, you know, and you might be limping around for a while. Um, it can change really quickly. And so you just say, look, you know, this, all, this, this, these things, these benefits the Lord has given us, we just praise him for it. We thank him for that. You know, um, God's been so good to us. Let's not take that for granted. Let's be grateful for that. Let's be grateful for that. Um, lest, thou, lest they forget, you know, lest they forget where that came from. And uh, it says, uh, uh, um, verse number 12, Then beware lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Let's not forget God... God delivered us. God, put a, God gave us a Christian home. Think about that. Kids, think about the privilege of being in a Christian home. Do you know how rare that is? Hey, kids, look at me right now. Do you know how rare that is? I mean, we got kids nowadays, they grow up, and they get to be 20 years old, and they're getting all nitpicky about what their Christian home was like. And they're, they're creating little online, uh, you know, forums and support groups because, uh, you know, in some way their parents might have failed them a little bit here and there. But they had a Christian home that was doing the best to bring them up for the Lord. And they were able to see that God is good. And they were able to hear the gospel. And they were able to, 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 to hear truth. 
And they were in the, they were in the vast minority of privileged ones. We think the privilege of the, of the millionaires' kids. Look, half of them end up on drugs and, and, and wanting to, to take their own lives. Okay? We're talking about the privilege of being brought up in a place where we can know the God of the universe and how we can spend forever with him. And young people, if you had that privilege, man, you'd be thankful for that. Don't forget what the Lord has done for you. And, uh, and this is a, it's a powerful thought. Um, thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him, and thou sw shalt swear by his name. I'm serving, I'm his. I, 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 that's who I'm for. That's who I serve. Now, verse 14, you shall not go after other gods. Why? Little G gods, the gods of the people which are around you. Why would you want to do that? What have those, those gods ever done for those people except create cultures of, of death and futility? Right? Serve the living God. And, uh, um, you know, times have not changed. Verse 15, for the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. Why? Because God knows, you know. I mean, he made you. You're his, uh, ultimately, and he wants what's best for you. Lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee off the face of the earth. Now, I've often thought, you know, if God the Father is jealous over us as a people, then I should, be, I should be in that same way, in a godly sense, for what he's entrusted to me as well. No, I, I'm not going to let you get into my kid's life and give error to them. And teach them nonsense. I'm not going to let that happen. Why? I'm possessive of them in that way. I want them to be brought up as a godly seed. All right? I want them to be brought up for the glory of God. Now, one day, if they choose that themselves, that's, you know, I, that's, that's going to be something that they'll have to answer to God for. But in the meantime, we're going to be protective of that. And uh, verse 16, you shall not tempt the Lord your God as he tempted him in, in, in Massa. And that was with uh, that was an ungrateful attitude. It was a complaining attitude. It was, um, it was uh, ultimately uh, bitterness. Ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes he has commanded thee. Thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, that thou mayest go in and possess um, the good land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers. So the the... the the definition of success that we pass along. Look, is it just that we got a man-made diploma and made lots of money? Is that success? Or is it that we got the land that God wanted us to have and we worked what God had for us and we ended up fulfilling our purpose for which we were created? That's success. That's success. Uh, to cast out thine enemies before thee, as the Lord has spoken, verse 1920. And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then thou shalt say, You continue to give testimony. Continue to give testimony all kinds of ways. Uh, point to the goodness of God. Point to the plan of God. Point to the heart of God. Point to God's ways. Then thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt. We were slaves there. But the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. He delivered us. We're no longer in bondage to, to the world and to sin. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and sore, upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, upon all that, his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in. 
to give us the land which he sware unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God, for our, uh, for our, our good always. You see, God has our best interests in mind. That he might preserve us alive, as it were, this day. So why do we want to serve Egypt and Pharaoh? I mean, they were, Egypt and Pharaoh, they were ultimately under God's judgment. Why are we trying to impress those, and we're studying, you know, in the, when God gets to that point where he has to deal with all these things, you know, why are we so consumed at times with impressing those that are under God's judgment, ultimately? Is that who we want to throw our lot in with? Now, it's not, I mean, we want to, we want to show the light to them, right? We want to be a testimony to them of the God that we serve. Um, and the Lord command us to do all these statues, verse 24, to fear the Lord our God, for our God always. This is our God, our God. This is our God, right? Um, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he commanded us. If you love me, keep my commandments, Jesus said. Why? Because his commandments are part of, they represent who he is. So if we love him, we're going to love his word. We're going to love what he has to say. If we love him, we're going to love his ways. If we love him, we're going we're gonna to love that which he says is good. Um, and when he gives us a commandment, it's not just because he's trying to boss us around. It's because he wants to put us in a, in a good place. He's a good God. He's a good God. And look, you have a will that God will allow for you to use however you want right now. That's the whole reason why we need to take these truths so seriously. Because it's dealing with those who have a, a free will before God. And they need to be challenged in their heart as to what direction they want to take according to truth. Right? Um, so that's, that's a lot of what, what parenting is right there. It's, uh, so we're talking about the family in that context, but you can apply these truths into whatever con con context you have influence. Um, you know, as a, as a Sunday school teacher or as a youth worker, um, just a person in our church that's looking to impact uh, people, encourage other families. Wherever you are, you know, we still have um, a responsibility to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father, which is in heaven. And... Uh, you know, in our church, may, may, they, may, may people see that we love God, and so we want to have the right attitude. We want to have the right approach. We want to do things for him because, um, because we love him, and uh, we want to work together uh, to do that. And uh, so we'll close in prayer, and uh, we are going to be having a business meeting this evening, so we'll have a little, maybe a little transition time. Tim will lead us in a song. We'll stand up. And uh, um, you know, the members can linger for, for a while uh, there um, after that. And uh, we'll do some business for the Lord because, because we love the Lord. So um, let's stand together and we'll pray.